Welcome to Take No Script. This is Riley. And this is June. And the past couple weeks we watched Ex Machina. It's a sci-fi psychological thriller written and directed by Alex Garland. It's about a young programmer who is selected to participate in a groundbreaking experiment in synthetic intelligence by evaluating the human qualities of a highly advanced humanoid AI named Ava. So continuing on from our AI discussion two weeks ago. Well, I actually really liked this movie. I mean, liked is weird. I enjoyed watching it, and it also made me very uncomfortable. Mm. In, like, a good way. (laughs) Strictly from a cinematic standpoint. Not so much the content, but just, I think they did a great job at, like, keeping me uncomfortable because I didn't Mm. know what was happening and I didn't know who to trust and I really like when movies are able to do that. Right? It's so fun. It's so much more fun at least. Yeah. So I'm so curious to know like what like what your big takeaways were about like AI if you had any that like really stood out to you. Okay. (laughs) My big takeaways um from the little that I know about AI and what I know about like AI that we have access to now it does scare me a little bit I'm not gonna lie mm-hmm. <laughs> um this movie did the same thing where it scares me because of the unknowns and that mm-hmm. was the same thing this movie point out is just like how little there is to be known and it's just because we don't usually have to deal with something this intelligent that doesn't exactly behave the way that we do. So that's scary. <laughs> Other takeaways? I don't know. I think that's a that's the biggest one for me. Which is that I, I kind of already felt that way, that things can be a bit scary when it comes to that. Were you rooting for Ava? I was. I was too. I was. And yeah. okay. Uh, it's so sick, right? Because <laughs> I don't think so. I don't I personally don't think so. I think it is a little bit though, because that is what happens in the movie is that they're rooting for Ava. Like the programmer, what's his name? Um, Caleb. Caleb is rooting for Ava. And then she manipulates him into kind of rooting for her and wanting the best for her. And then I also, are like, are we also manipulated in, like, wanting the best? So I felt like I don't see a reason why she shouldn't have gotten her freedom. I think that when she, we see her at the end, right? She expresses, she has expressions of joy and wonder. She obviously is feeling things. She has desires and wants. She is a person. But she's not human, obviously. I don't think we can measure her by human standards. Is she expressing those things out of feeling them, right? Which is the big question. Like, is she expressing them out of feeling them? Or out of just knowing that, like, that's a response that people like? And I'm here to... But, like, at the end when she's, like, walking alone. Uh Uh-huh. Right? She's walking alone through the compound on her way out. And she looks like you can at least my interpretation, was you can see this joy in her face as she walks out of the compound. And no one's there to watch her. Yeah. And for me, at least, I don't understand why AI should have 
this like certain metric of human experiences, human empathy, human expressions to be considered a person, right? Like people are varied, right? Nathan mm-hmm. has no empathy. Caleb only really cares about what Ava is experiencing because he sees her as a romantic interest. Like he doesn't care about whether or not Kyoko has sentience. He's not interested in rescuing anyone else. And I think that he only cares about Ava's, you know, Ava's outcome because she she showed him what he wanted to see, which I think is yeah. what humans do a lot. You know, like I do that with people. Everyone does that with people. We show ourselves in like sympathetic and appropriate lights. And that's what she was doing because she knew that he wouldn't accept her as herself. Like, she had to be, she had to perform humanity for him, for her to be valid in her existence. Yeah. Because you're right, he really didn't do anything for Kyoko. When he thought that that was, like, a real person, he didn't do anything. Yeah. But then at the end was fighting really hard for Ava, just because, yeah, that's, like, his ideal woman is Ava. Yeah, and he thought that, like, They'd run off together, and she'd be so grateful to him because he rescued her. Yeah. He rescued her, and I just, like, I remember the first time I watched it, Joe did not like Caleb, and I remember being like, oh, I didn't think Caleb was that bad. Like, if I was Ava, I would have brought him with me, and watching it this time, I absolutely would not have because I would have felt that, oh... Caleb doesn't love me. He's not attached to me. He's attached to what I have shown him, right? Right. And I can't ever be myself, you know? And this this person is just a liability, honestly. You know, like, I want to go out in the world as my own, and he's just going to potentially hinder that. Yeah. I do agree I would not take Caleb with me either. (laughs) (laughs) Because, well, I think probably, like, what you're saying is that, like, I would feel like, a different kind of slave like I'd feel like his slave and just yeah. a different a different version of a slave yeah I didn't like Caleb I mean I didn't really I didn't like there was nothing about him that was very <laughs> charming did you like him more than Nathan I definitely did not like Nathan I don't know about liking him more than Nathan Nathan was skeevy to me and I just I hated Nathan. yeah I just couldn't like, I didn't, I, I couldn't have any compassion towards Nathan. <laughs> I was, I was so happy when he died. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, the way he died, and what was, he had this line. Oh, what was his line after he's, like, walking away after they stabbed him again? And he's like, did he say something like, that's fucking ridiculous or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, something hilarious. like that. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, I guess I liked Caleb more, but you're comparing him to Nathan, you know? Yeah. As far as people that I like, I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, Caleb fits in with that crowd. He just seemed kind of like a plain white sheet of paper (laughs) who's just like waiting to be filled with stuff. Like, I'm not sure Caleb would pass the Turing test. (laughs) Like, if you put him in front of me and you were like... You were like, make him pass this test or he dies, right? right? I would be like, I don't think this is a, I don't know if this is a human. I'm not convinced this is a human. It seemed like, yeah, like he was just this like blank thing just waiting to be programmed into like whatever, like a robot. Yeah. And he's so awkward and just like weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I liked, 
I, I liked Ava. I did. I liked Ava a lot. Yeah. She just seemed so, like, attentive to and, like, sensitive to everything around her, which is weird because she's technically not a person, but she was very, which is why I really didn't like Nathan or Caleb is because they seem to not be affected by anything around them. They are just, like, affected by themselves and their own needs and wants and sort of, like, almost lacking all compassion and humanity and emotion that Ava seemed to be made up of. Yeah. It's like they're less, quote-unquote, human than someone that they see as being beneath them, like, incapable of personhood. Yeah. Yeah, she was so human, which also creeps me out. I thought the film did a really good job of, you know, when Caleb finds the footage that's super graphic and horrible of these, you know, and they're all, like, female robots. None of them are males, right? And, you know, they're literally, um, like, their limbs are being taken apart and they're, like, begging for freedom. And he finds their bodies essentially right and you can see that this is a pivotal moment in the amount of empathy that he feels for them but then when he turns to Kyoko and she's peeling her flesh off right it's almost this realization of how much human empathy is based on looking like me feeling like me you read the way that I understand yeah and it's hard for humans to disconnect that mirror neuron feedback thing with whether or not this is a person, you know, whether or not this is an identity. And I just, I don't know, I thought the film did so good. did such a good job with that. Yeah. I feel like if, if they ever created AI like that, like I would probably only be friends with AI then. It'd be so easy. <laughs> I think they'd be so much more intelligent. I mean, just purely based of how well-read they are. And, I mean, they would just be everything that humans fall short in, in so many mm-hmm. ways, you know? Wait, hold on, sorry. This was also yeah. really interesting to me, is that Nathan keeps dismantling them when they start expressing a desire for freedom. When they start fighting for freedom, he considers them failures, which I think is fascinating because that's one of the core desires of humans, right? Mm -hmm. To want to explore and be free. And it's almost, I felt that Nathan didn't truly want artificial intelligence, right? He wanted the ego and the pride of having created what he could call intelligence but he really just wanted something that he could control. Like he didn't want. As long want... as it served him. Yeah. Exactly. Once Which is not a back. person. You know, like he doesn't want right. a person. And that's putting a cap on intelligence. Yep. Which I think you kind of, is that what your question, what's the point was about? Oh my God. I should really elaborate when I write things <laughs> in here. <laughs> So often I write something and I'm like, you're going to know what this means later. (laughs) And later I never know. (laughs) What is the point? I don't know. I guess 
we can unpack this question in several ways that I don't remember, but what's the point of the AI he was developing? What was the point of this movie? <laughs> oh, that's a... Okay, so I, I, I feel better equipped to answer or try to answer what's the point of him developing AI. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel that about AI in general. Like, why develop AI, you can develop algorithms and you can develop programs. Why develop another being? Like we are, we have so many beings in this world. We have so many entities, so many conflicting needs and wants in this world. Like yeah. even just between humans, much less other species and ecosystems and everything. Why introduce more? Yeah. Why? Like is it is. That is actually the question now that you're answering it. That was the original question. Is the point of developing AI. Um, so <laughs> thanks for answering the right one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So this this tends to be controversial. Like with one of my brothers, who's very into like space exploration and all this stuff. Um, I don't understand which i think is what you're saying like i don't understand why people instead of focusing on problems that we have try to create new problems (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) exactly because we have a lot of problems (laughs) we have so many problems yeah and i i feel like people to your they would answer that question by saying it's human nature. And to that I say, well then human nature fucking sucks. I don't know why we're trying to make more humans when humans are right. fucking stupid. We're all we're stupid. We're yeah. like literally the point of the movie, like the two humans that we see, they're impulsive, they're narcissistic, yeah. they're self-involved, they're um, overly emotional. Like why would you why would you want to measure things against humans? Why would you want humans to be the standard? Right. They suck. Yeah, it's like, so human nature is to avoid problems and... Create new ones! (laughs) Yeah, and, like, reprioritize things so that they fit into, like, what you think is fun at the moment, which is... Like, I actually, I don't love the idea of spending money, like, government money at least, on exploring space or trying to find other planets that we can inhabit when we fucked up this one i don't either because we already proved that we like we can't do this here so because we fail at one we're gonna then like move ourselves we're going to to suck and drain another planet yeah it's just i never understand that and it's like instead of like spending money and resources and time like obviously people can do whatever the fuck they want. Spend your time yeah. where you want. But, like, I don't understand why you wouldn't... You have all this money. You have all these resources. You have intelligent people. Yeah. Why is that how you decide to focus your attention? Instead of working on making things better here with people that we have? Like, same thing with AI development. It's like, we know, based on everything else that we've developed technologically, that... AI development is not going to be one of those things that ends up really making our lives all that much easier. It is going to be another problem. That's really what tech has done for us is make something easier and then give us another really big problem. Yes. Yes. And 
I honestly, I, I can't generalize to every single person, but I honestly feel like so much of it is ego. Like, the yeah. ego of finding something new, the ego right. of making something new, and to all those people, I just want to say, like, nobody cares. Like, nobody's <laughs> to going to remember listening. you. <laughs> no, like, if I could tell these people, I'd be like, no one's going to remember you. Like, no. nobody's going to care. And the human race, we are driving ourselves straight to extinction. So there really will be nothing and no one to remember you. I mean, that's a real problem. What the state of our world right now is a real problem. And I know very little about it, but I what I do know isn't great. <laughs> it's just depressing the more you learn about it. Is it is really depressing. And <laughs> that is what happened the last time I got very depressed. So I don't oh. like thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, there's... There's an expiration date at this point, which is yeah. terrifying. Yeah, I don't know. There just seems like there's there, there's different shit that needs to be focused on that pertains more to, like, nature and our existence and our own well-being. And I don't, I don't know sometimes if it's just because now we have access to media from all over the world that we didn't really have before and now we're all super connected or if this has always been the case. But... Doesn't it just feel like everything's, like, really fucked right now? (laughs) Everything feels so fucked. And, you know, people say, I mean, every generation has their, their shit, you know, like, the Red Scare and the World Wars. Yeah. And I honestly, I get that. I hear that. Maybe it's just this generation's thing, but I kind of feel like everything does feel fucked to a very not getting better at all degree. Like, this is going to be the end degree. Yeah, and we have the most that we've ever had. We have all the comforts that have ever... Anything that we want. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like oftentimes, like, we're all just kind of living like it's the end of the world, and it's weird. It has nothing to do with what we have and don't have. It's just like... This kind of goes back into that wanting mindset that really (laughs) disturbs me on a personal level. But, like, the wanting to explore space and the wanting this, it's just, it feels just very self-serving and not really what is needed. And right now, I feel like we have a lot of things, but we don't have a lot of what we need. Our AI overlords, who will be infinitely more logical than us, because there's (laughs) literally no way you could be more irrational than humans, would probably be making those better decisions. Maybe, but they are learning from humans. They're learning from humans, but then I think they are improving on that. You know, like, I think Ava takes what she can use and throws away, like, sentimentality and things like that Mm -hmm. that don't service her. So if AI was like, let's save the world, I feel like they would do a much better job than humans. Okay, so I don't know. Maybe let's advance AI and just get us to that place where... But it's not going to be used well. No. No. What were your takeaways from this movie? So I feel similarly to you in that I don't think that many humans would use AI for good at all. I mean, current AI, which is nowhere near the level of Eva or Kyoko or anything like that. What's it being used for? It's being used to generate... uh, underage pornography Instagram accounts. 
and to take photos of non-consenting women on the street and like with an app just instantly like AI them into nudes. I haven't tried it myself but evidently it's not very good. But the point is that's what it's being used for by people. Honestly like that kind of thing is what makes me feel most nauseous about the idea of artificial intelligence being intelligent and having no no protections at all. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't think it's any different than how women or different ethnicities or, like, whatever, any of these, like, different demographics have been seen historically as just tools and objects. Of course, this is all, like, the suspended disbelief of, like, actual, you know, like, AI, um, AI actually at the level of Ava and Kyoko. Um, and so I think for me, it reaffirmed my feeling that I don't really understand the way that AI is measured. I, I, not a scientist, but I can't really understand why it's measured that way. Like a Turing test, for example, right? right? What does that mean? Like I, there are definitely human beings that if you, (laughs) put them and you and you tried to have them convince me they were human or you you know I had an interaction with them I'd be like you're a spam bot you're not yeah. a human you're, <laughs> you're literally a spam bot yeah so why why is that the measure for this like quote unquote AI when humans don't even measure up to that um what is it about like what can humans do that AI couldn't do just as well or better or more efficiently or all of these different things. I don't think, I don't understand why humanity is this upheld benchmark for things. I don't like, you know, what's so great about any given human. Right. Like, humans can do things like they can, whatever. This was um, like a scene that Joe sent me from iRobot where Will Smith is like, um, like, what can humans do? They can write symphonies and, you know, create all these different things. And the AI is like, well, can you? Can you write symphonies? Can you paint these masterful portraits? Like, what can you do? Uh-huh. And it's like, I can't write symphonies. Like, but an AI could write symphonies. They could know all the languages in the world. They could immediately learn all these different things. Why are humans the benchmark, this arbitrary benchmark for things? Right, because one, like, what is humanity? Mm -hmm. Two, why does this idea of humanity prevail? Like, how is that any better than either the lack of humanity or just a different way of framing it? Yeah, that I feel like maybe I've seen online that people have argued that Ava is not truly intelligent because she was programmed to, she was programmed to try to escape and that's what she did. And I don't understand that logic because humans are programmed, you know, like (laughs) if you are human and you desire love, does that make you a non-entity? Because humans are programmed to be social. You can't help that. That's in your nature. By following that instinct, does that make you, does that invalidate it? I mean, we're also, we're 
our entire lives are programmed. We're programmed yeah. from the time that we are little and they have us indoctrinated in schools to yeah. work forever. Yeah. Like you're programmed to feel like you're supposed to be working forever and like you should value XYZ and that's why you continue to work and do this and yeah. that. Like, yeah, that's programming. Even down to whether you use your left hand or your right hand is yeah. often programmed, uh-huh. right? Like children who are who are left-handed, they become right-handed yeah. because they're programmed to do that. Does that make them any less right-handed? No, they still use their right hand yeah. even though it's programmed. So I don't see what, what, what does that have to do with anything. I always think it's interesting that all these AI movies, the thing about it that they're pointing out that is like quote-unquote scary is, oh, the AI might become too intelligent and take over. Instead of focusing on what I think the real scary part is, which is how will people abuse AI? Logically, the way that AI is built and the way that it learns, at no point should it ever want to take over, right? Yeah. You would think so? I also thought this was another interesting takeaway from the movie, that as humans, we can't really understand anything except through a human perspective. You know, we look at animals and we project human emotions onto their experiences to empathize, right? And that's why it's so unsettling when we see the robotic parts of Kyoko, because we're empathizing with her because she looks so human, but she's not human. She's a robot. And when we see that, there's this instinctual like, revulsion almost. Like, this is different than me. And that is such a narrow, like, limited way of being that our brains are. Yeah. But Ava, Ava can understand us. Ava can see our perspective, can manipulate us, even though she is not human, right? We can't understand her, really. We... Like, the humans, Caleb and Nathan, they don't know what she's thinking or what her perspective is. But she so masterfully understands, like, their emotional lives, right? Not just reading a textbook on social engineering or psychology, which any human can do, and still not be able to really understand another person's perspective. But she can she can do that. Like, she can immediately identify, like, what she needs to do to get Caleb to act the way she wants and that's not something that Caleb and Nathan are able to do for her. And not something I'm convinced that humans in general would be able to do. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think that we're capable of seeing outside a human perspective. Would AI even be perceiving things outside of human perspective? I think that a lot of... So, I, mean, I guess this depends on like where you fall. I think a lot of the human ability is limited by like physically what our brain can do and AI wouldn't have that limitation right so they might be trained on human behavior and human perspectives but that doesn't mean they have to hold them right it doesn't mean they have to see it that way and if they are truly intelligent right you would think that they can build upon that in the way that humans can gather, you know, humans gather information from various sources and then the intelligence is taking that and building an individual perspective on top of that, 
right? And I just, I don't know if AI could have one that's human because they don't have the physical, like, hormones. They don't have the neurochemistry. They don't have the neurology. Like, they don't, they don't have any of that that affects humans so fundamentally. Yeah. I mean, even when we try to understand animals, we relate it back to humans. Yeah. And I, but I wonder... I guess it, that's a difficult question to answer without the human perspective either, but, like, I'm wondering if animals are able to do it with us, but mm. how would we even... Yeah, I'm saying, I don't know. <laughs> and I guess it's it's not that I think that it's necessarily a bad thing, right? But I think that sometimes... I, I think that... If because you are limited in how you can perceive other experiences, you assume that your your perspective is the only valid one, that's the issue, right? Yeah. Like, you look at a dog or you look at AI and you say, like, you're not human. You don't see things or experience things. You don't look the way I do. You don't emote the way that I do. Therefore, you don't experience things that are valid. Therefore, you don't have personhood. And I think that's the issue, that sometimes people conflate the two. I mean, we even do that with people. That are oh, two different. Yeah. yeah, there are people that kind of live outside that box. Yeah. Like, I even think of, like, true narcissists. They are not really seen as people. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of... I don't know. Is it just because we're not doing enough to understand their way of being a person? It's just different from our way of being people? Ooh, that's such an interesting way of thinking about it. I've never heard that kind of question. I feel like... I don't... I guess... I don't know exactly for any individual narcissist... I guess it depends on how good they are at masking. But I know for people who don't pick up on social cues very well, right? Or they have anxiety or things that change their social behaviors. Like, they become outcasts and sometimes dehumanized. Sometimes, like, murdered by communities for being different. Yeah. Even though they look human and they can cry and they can scream in pain and, you know, laugh the way that we can, but it's, they're still seen as not people. Yeah. I will confess, I definitely, I guess maybe it's not that I don't think of narcissists as people, but that I don't think of them as people that I should care about the perspectives of, which is interesting in itself. Like, like people, like, with that kind of psychopathy, like a sociopath or something in general, like, any of those kinds of people? Um, so I guess maybe somebody who acts, maybe, maybe it'd be more accurate to say someone who acts narcissistically, right? Because I think if you're born a sociopath you just don't have empathy right. you can't help that you know right and that doesn't mean that you don't live and you don't you 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 aren't a person you just don't you don't view things and feel things the same way that others do 
But I think that's distinct from someone who acts narcissistically. And then in that case, I kind of feel like, like, I'm not going to value your, I'm going to make the decision to not value your personhood because you do not, like, you've broken that social contract and you don't value Uh others' personhood or my personhood. Sorry, let me look something up. Because I'm thinking narcissistic personality disorder and not just someone who can be a narcissist at Mm. times yeah cluster b personalities are it's difficult right right and that's what i mean is like but there's they're people right like they are people they experience life differently yes uh it doesn't mean that they don't experience life though and i don't know what my point is here (laughs) (laughs) but that they're seen as evil and so therefore I mean we have kind of as a society deemed them as evil people and like yeah not worthy of like they're not even worthy of our empathy and compassion because they don't express empathy and compassion in the same way I think if somebody had narcissistic personality disorder or like any given personality disorder and they didn't they expressed in a different way, but not in a way that harmed other people, right? Right, yeah. Then I do think that, you know, they should be considered people just as much as anyone else. I think at the point that you're, like, killing people, assaulting people, violating people, then you... My personal opinion is that you violate that contract that says, I am safe, and so you are safe, right? Mm -hmm. I don't kill you, and you don't kill me, and that is our mutual agreement. You violate that, you can't be mad if I violate it against you. Like, you can't be mad when the rules are broken against you. Yeah. I know that doesn't work. Like, there's, like, the vigilante justice, the societal, like, system, whatever. I get that. (laughs) Um... I don't know. I just don't think that all aspects of humanity are worth placing on this pedestal. I mean, I understand it for at least our own personal lives, like why certain things are valued, but yeah, not for like humanity in general. I don't think that our humanity is what is going to save us. Like everything has its time. Right. Wait, I was literally just about to say, you know, sometimes you know, like dinosaurs ran their course. Right. Yeah. Like mammoths ran their course. Maybe right. there's Maybe. a time for us to run our course. Okay, so I also don't know why people get their panties up in a bunch when it comes to extinction. Because things be going extinct sometimes. <laughs> things and be that's dying. just like life. That's how it- yeah. <laughs> I understand, like, if we're, like, directly causing their extinction, you know, if we're, like, having a really huge impact on that, like, we should cool it just a little bit. Just a little bit, (laughs) But also things do become extinct, and it's not, it's not the worst thing. Like, nature does keep going. And life does keep happening. It doesn't need to be that kind of specific life, or that kind of specific life, or our lives, for yeah. life to keep going. We will die yeah. off eventually. Like, hopefully one day people will just die off. 
and life will keep going in different ways. And yeah. I'm that that's fine. I think that's awesome. I'm excited for that time. <laughs> <laughs> I I also don't know. I so I thought you were I thought when you said people get their pennies in a twist about extinction. I thought you meant about human extinction, right? And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like the idea that humanity is just no different than any other species that runs uh-huh. their course and dies. People can't, like, some people can't handle that. Like, there's a certain egoism attached to being human. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. As if many creatures aren't just as complex with, you know, sim- similar complex, like, social interactions and ecosystems and things that they build. You know, yeah. like, infrastructures of their communities that they build. Yeah. It's not unique to humans. And I think that some people can't their idea of themselves and their world just doesn't allow for that idea. So I didn't say humans because I don't think that humans ever consider human extinction. Mm. I think that's where I think that the problem is, is that not the problem, but I think it's a problem that we kind of just view this as an everlasting thing that somehow we've separated ourselves from all other, other living things that do go through cycles and somehow people will exist forever, you know? Like, we're Evidently. so amazing. We're just going to exist forever. Everything will exist so that we can keep thriving and existing. Yeah. And, I mean, that's how we live our lives, though, is yeah. that everything is here to serve us and our existence because it's so vital. But And, and that's why, yeah, I wouldn't even bother to say he because I don't think people worry about that at all, that we're going to become extinct. I mean, I don't well, know. I wouldn't say I'm worried about it. I say I'm anticipating it, but... <laughs> I oh, yeah, no, I don't think you're worried about it. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> but I think people don't ever think that that could happen. Yeah. We'll just keep on going. Yeah, I think that it should happen, because that seems like an appropriate cycle <laughs> of life and just nature. And I'm really excited for whatever comes after us. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I hope... I hope it, there is nothing like us. Like, I hope it's just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm hoping for, but I definitely agree with you that I think that we live our lives so separated from nature. You know, we have cars and asphalt and TVs and like all these things that feel so separate from nature. And we think of our world as civilization and nature as non-civilization and it almost our self-concept is of one we've divorced ourselves from nature Uh that we're immune to it but we die too you know our bodies die and they'll decay and we'll go back to being carbon just like everything else and that's okay you know yeah I mean it's like sad and I don't I don't want I I personally feel a sort of terror at the thought but that doesn't mean that I don't also recognize that that's just how things are. Terror at the thought of what? I think terror at the thought of going through the extinction of humankind. I think that would just be really scary. Yeah I can't again I don't remember if this is what I wanted to talk about but the idea of like living forever which is like people keep trying to extend their lives. Mm, Yeah. I feel like that just everyone feels like they need to have a say in the future, which is such a weird 
idea. <laughs> because what is, what is your say now? Like, what is it now? There's that guy who's spending like billions of dollars just reversing his age. Mm. Is this the guy who's like obsessed with, um, he's, he has all these like transfusions and like weird yeah. shit and stuff. Yeah. He looks like a like fucking that. ghost. He's like, I reversed the age of my liver and my whatever. It's like, Good for you. Now what? Like, (laughs) we don't need you anymore. I feel like if you live a full life now, then what is so sad about dying and moving on? Like, your pursuit of this thing that is literally not biologically possible right now, at least, means that you aren't really living your life. You're just spending all your life trying to... Yeah. Prevent the inevitable. But have we as a society, again, like, I don't know how things function in other cultures, but has our society painted an image of death being, like, a scary thing? Because death seems like a beautiful thing, I think. It is, Mm -hmm. it is, like, the, not even, like, the completion, but it's, like, this other vital part of this cycle that allows for new birth and new development and Mm -hmm. like death also i mean i just have such an issue with like the way that we handle dead bodies in this country Uh, but Mm -hmm. like ideally you'd go back into the earth and Mm -hmm. you know whatever it's a cycle (laughs) it's a cycle and like a cycle that i think is very beautiful it's a whole and everyone gets to have this experience and it's one experience and that is pretty fucking cool realistically it's just like a cool fucking thing even if it sucks sometimes like it's pretty fucking cool that you get to do this thing and then your cycle's over but then Mm -hmm. there's still more cycles after you and that's i just don't get it i don't get it (laughs) i don't understand it again yeah is is that something we're doing here i think definitely i mean i obviously can't really yeah i mean you just can't speak to other cultures but i definitely think in the u.s there's so much stigma around talking about death. And, you know, when you don't talk about something and you avoid it, it just gets bigger and scarier. And you never really process anything about it because you're so busy trying to shy away. I I also don't really understand the idea of, and we've talked about this before, but like legacy or like mm-hmm. needing to live forever. I mean... So there have definitely been times, if, even now, if you offered me the chance to live forever, I might take it just because there's so many cool fucking things to try. It's not that I am scared of not existing. You know, I don't feel like my presence, my viewpoint is so important that it must be continued on. Yeah. And it's it's strange to me that people would want to like come back to life cryogenic type stuff oh my god type yeah. things. and not that death can't be devastating i mean if joe died for example or zucchini died i would be just oh, gutted yeah. but that is a separate thing from that being part of the cycle you know and it's the cycle that we're all part of and i agree with you that there's like a beauty in it being kind of the resolution to this just 
snapshot of the universe's time where all the molecules and everything came together to create like your consciousness like your being and then it dissipates and there's something yeah there's something really cool about that you know you look like you have something to say on cryogenics i want to hear what you have to say god yeah yeah no the cryogenics thing have you heard of this i am blanking on the name wait this is fascinating i i was just i just typed in like cryonics and there was a reddit thread and this person this is from 12 years ago but they said i am signed up for cryonics at my death ama both my husband and i are fully signed up for cryonics through alcor <gasps> alcor that's it that's what i wanted to find Sorry, the top, <laughs> we do The top comment was, I'm very proud of you. We are the future, literally. And in the comments, they say that they're 24 when they wrote this. The cost is around $100 a month for both their husband and them in membership fees and 150k for the full body cryonic suspension. What the fuck is okay, that? Okay, so Alcor is exactly what I wanted to look up because I just heard about them like you know in the last like within the last year it's really absurd so (laughs) i went down a rabbit hole that i I learned about this because the idea with alcor is that they're hoping that people in the future will develop a way to bring these people back right now there's nothing that exists so, so they're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for a maybe. In hopes that when someone figures it out, they will be able to bring these people back. Why would they fucking... So people are... They're paying fees. But do you know what else they're doing? This is like such a brilliant money grab. They're having these people take out life insurance to pay for this. That is how people are paying for this. They are taking out very large sums in life insurance to put towards this and they put Alcor as the beneficiary on life insurance <laughs> are you serious yeah it's even on their fucking membership it's fucking ridiculous wait so they pay the membership um life insurance 250k coverage for a person 25 to 50 insurance purchased from a licensed agent not Alcor wait 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 so they pay the monthly membership fee and everything else, and their life insurance goes to Alcor. Mm-hmm. At least and I don't. Take I don't know like, how much of it. I don't know if it's all of it. Um, obviously, it's a scam. It's a huge. And it's just like in good faith that they're gonna revive you and not take your money and not revive you because even if revival technology ever existed, what are the chances they're actually gonna revive you? Like who's who's gonna who's gonna make them? Like if you go on their pet on their pet page, because you they can do this. You can do cryopreservation for your pet. Oh. Um. If you want to preserve their entire body again without guarantee of anything, the minimum is like, what is this? Straight freeze perfusion. I don't even know the difference between straight freeze and perfusion. It doesn't matter because there's no technology for this anyway, so you don't even know what would be best. At least thirty thousand dollars on the low end, to what a hundred thirty, or just their brains? Like, is that what they mean by neuro? Like preserving their brains? Like, what if they bring you back into like a sex bot, like Kyoko, and your consciousness is forever trapped 
in this like unmoving sex. What if they did that to your dog? They bring your dog back. And they put your dog's brain in a fucking sex bot, and you paid for that. And you paid for your dog to be a sex bot. God. You know that would happen, too. Someone would do that. It would. Absolutely. How stupid are these people paying for this? I... They deserve this. The people paying for this deserve this. <laughs> their dogs don't. Their pets their don't. dogs don't. They do. <laughs> hopefully they never figure out how to bring the animals back. This is insane. What the? Anyway, I mean, people are making money off of people wanting to live forever and come back. People are clearly very interested in it and pay a bunch of money for it. I wonder, like, I'm so curious about the people behind this, if any of them actually believe it. And if they do, I'm sure there are some who legitimately are so passionate about this. Why? You know, why? I don't understand. I'd love to ask someone, though, like, why they want... No one I know wants to live forever, so... (laughs) Wait... This quote on their website. What? By some, by some, this is a quote on their website by someone named Eliazar Yudkowski. I expect that more people have died while cryocrastinating than have actually been cryopreserved. If you've already decided this is a good idea, but you haven't gotten around to it, sign up for cryonics now. <laughs> cryocrastinating. What the Wow. (laughs) Also, there's no guarantee they're not... They have to have space. So once your family dies off or whoever paid for this, they can just throw that body away. So now they have a new container for a new body. And then make Who's going to check? Right. Who's going to check once you're dead? Fucking check. I have a question, though. What do you think about taxidermy? Taxidermy? I have I have thoughts about taxidermy. Oh wait, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> um, I actually, I don't know. I'm not like a weirdo that's fascinated in death. Not to like a, or at least I don't think so. At some point, really wanted to be a mortician. And several times in my life. <laughs> and then I looked it up again, like, years ago because I wanted to go to school for it. But you really don't make much money doing it. But it seems like such a peaceful job. <laughs> like, I feel like I would accept less pay to just not have to talk to people. <laughs> but whatever. I wanted to get into taxidermy. But I also don't like a lot of parts of taxidermy. Because I think taxidermy is okay if the animal died humanely, like just naturally. Mm. I think it's a interesting way of using something that was living and turning it into art. But I also don't like the way that most taxidermy is done. I don't view it as a like a preservation kind of thing. I view it more as like, okay, this is like us using another part of this living thing, not letting things go to waste. This thing died naturally. You're not letting it go to waste. If someone wants, you can make art with it. I mean, similarly to like, I like keeping teeth. Mm. I think because it's not, I'm not trying to like keep anything alive by doing it, but there's something about it that I think is... I mean, like, teeth are pretty awesome, just in general. Teeth are kind of cool, yeah. 
everyone makes their own. You make your set of them and that's it. And there's the only ones of those that will exist. And they're just your little bones. They're your little bones. <laughs> they're your little bones that people see all the time, you know, and you smile and I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, like I've made art with teeth because I think it's just like a very unique thing to make art out of. Mm-hmm. So these are my thoughts on <laughs> thank you for your time. <laughs> what are your thoughts? You seem to have thoughts. Oh, well, I was mostly asking because I have been talking to Joe about taxidermying zucchini. Oh, yeah. And Joe thinks it's the weirdest thing because he's like, I, I think for him, it would be a constant reminder of the loss, right? And I don't really even know what it would mean to me. I've thought about taxidermy, but really only in the context of, like, the cruelty that happens yeah. in taxidermy um, and not being okay with that and finding... Oh, same. Yeah, ta- yeah like, taxidermy pieces that are done that are built off of cruelty to be quite morbid, you know, mm-hmm. independent of the the piece itself, right? Just what led to it. But I, for some reason, feel drawn to the idea of zucchini being taxidermied. And I don't, I don't really know why. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's a sentimental thing, not being able to accept the loss, or if it's turning this into, turning what was her you know, her flesh vessel in this life into an art that honors her or what exactly it is. But I feel quite intrigued by it. I wanted to know your thoughts because Joe finds it very strange. (laughs) I I don't think it's strange. Okay, so I, and I've told Vic this forever that I want to, um, I don't want to do taxidermy just because like I don't know what I would do with it necessarily. But I, again, not against it, though. I think it's a fine idea. (laughs) But, again, because that's super humane, right? It's your dog who passed away. It's very different than the other ways. But I I do want to, you know, there are those bugs that will, like, eat away the rest of the flesh. (laughs) And you're left with bone. Like, I do want to keep the skulls of Mm. my babies. <laughs> and Vic thinks that's kind of a crazy idea, but I I think it's kind of awesome. If I'm able to do that, one, these bugs get a nice meal and I get to hang on to this little piece of them, this very unique piece of them. It's it's their bones. They they grew them, you know. How's their brain? It has their brain, their little pea-sized brains that they don't <laughs> use. <laughs> uh, they, they love with those brains, though. <laughs> they love me with their brains. Like, I have right here, I have a little tooth from one of my foster kittens. Oh. Because when they're babies, they lose their teeth. And I found one. Mm-hmm. It was, like, so precious to me that mm-hmm. I wanted to keep it because it's just, like, a little... A little bit of them. It's just a little, a little piece bit of them. them. Yeah, and when I see it, I think of them, and it's literally a piece of them. Like, they made this, you know? Yeah. Okay, wait. I'm just the same way. So, so zucchini will, you know, 
She has whiskeys, and her whiskey yeah. will fall out. And if I'm able to get a whiskey, I keep the whiskey. I have so you many whiskeys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have to send you. I don't know if you'd be interested at all, but I found on Etsy there's this lady who creates these little vial things that so you can put the whisker in it and wear it as a necklace. And yes. Look it up. I'll send it to you. Yes. I don't pull the whiskeys out of her. Oh my god, I no. Just, if, if Zuki <laughs> happens to shed a whiskey and I find it, then I keep the whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> Vic has gotten to the point where, like, if he finds a good one, he'll give it to me because he knows <gasps> I keep them all. <laughs> I had even, so, I had thought a little bit about what pose she might be in. And I thought it'd be really sweet if she was curled up, you know, in her little cinnamon roll. Just yeah. like her happy little sleeping position and Joe started tearing up. I think he was thinking about, you know, seeing her and then wanting to pet her and her, you know, as a live good puppy, she raises her head or like opens her eye to like stare at you. Like, why are you waking me up? And I can definitely see his perspective, like why it would highlight that she wouldn't do that anymore. But I don't know. It just, feels like an homage or like an honor to her like not not that it's her honor but that it yeah. honors her yeah right like it's not preserving anything about her but it is like like it's not trying to keep her alive like you're not tricking yeah. yourself into thinking like oh this is her i so um amanda Seyfried, the actress yeah I never liked her. Okay, no. I did like her, but I liked her. I never liked her so much as when I liked her even more (laughs) when I saw an interview. I was going to say, because I think she's great. (laughs) I liked her even more when she did an interview and she talked about liking collecting taxidermy. Mm -hmm. And she basically will have these taxidermy animals and she keeps them in her house and they'll just stare at her and she feels like they're her friends and they're there for her and they support her. And I thought that was so cute and so sweet. Yeah. I don't know. But then I think some people thought it was really creepy, which... Oh, I wanted to ask about your bullet point on human versus machine. Yeah, so I was wondering if maybe we've already blurred the lines between what is a human and what is machine in that like machines and technology are so integrated into our lives now Mm. and have become almost like a tool in our way of existing like it's difficult to exist without it in our society that I like have we already kind of blurred the lines and Wait, that is such a, that is so, I really like that idea that, because I was thinking, you know, androids or something like that, but if our phone exists outside of us, but it's something that you really can't survive without, does it really matter if it's part of your body? That's that's so interesting. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, do you have thoughts on that? My mind is kind of blown right now. (laughs) I think you make a good point because there's really not... 
I mean, I know there are, like, the Amish or whatever that technically, quote-unquote, are not supposed to interact with technology, even though I know that, you know, there's, like, contraband and stuff, obviously. But I think, yeah, for most people, you literally cannot function without a phone. You know, Mm -hmm. like, jobs and friends and family all expect to be able to text you or call you whenever, you know, you aren't, you use a landline and it's kind of an expectation to be able to access the internet somehow to have like a LinkedIn or whatever. It kind of is ingrained in the human experience. It is. And I think even even in such small ways, like being able to correct our grammar instantly. Calculators. Yeah. It's just the expectation is higher because of the integration that like, yeah, we kind of depend on it in a lot of ways now. Like we are also the technology that we use, I think. (laughs) And like for better or worse, you know, but I I think that we are. And so do you, you feel that the lines are blurred? Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like the lines are pretty blurred. How do you separate one thing from another at this point? You know, Mm -hmm. uh, like now we are so much technology as it is us. So I think a lot of this ties back to what is humanity. On a day-to-day, we're able to fail less because of how much we rely on technology. Mm-hmm. And so the benchmark for what is humanity is always changing. Yeah, it almost changes the baseline of what humanity looks like. Mm-hmm. Right, it changes, whatever, if you think about these outliers and stuff, and so you think about just where the base human experience begins, you know, where that threshold starts, yeah, technology raises it. Yeah. I, I guess I, I just hadn't thought about it like that. It's so interesting. Man, I wanted to talk about the Lambda thing, because you brought that up last time, and I wanted to talk about that. Oh my gosh, yeah. I want yeah. to hear your thoughts on that. Because I actually thought of it while I was watching this. Because there was stuff that reminded me of it. For the sake of people that don't know. It's uh, just an AI, right? But mm-hmm. it's just a computer system. Yeah, as far as I'm aware. Okay. Okay, when I was reading through the transcript of the conversation with Landa, a lot of that can be seen as manipulative but can also be seen as the exact kind of conversation you'd have with a person, which might also be manipulative. <laughs> so, like, how is that How is that any indicator of whether there's consciousness or humanity or whatever, like, if we're all being manipulative all the time anyway, and we're all giving to get, or even if we're not giving to get, but we're giving for a xyz reason that is still we're we're doing that in a specific way for a specific purpose and that's like what ava was doing and that is what it seems like lambda is doing man okay the lambda thing creeped me out though (laughs) right it is creepy um okay so she ava says something in the movie about 
uh, her fear being that, like, Nathan will just shut her off. And that being equivalent to, like, dying. Mm -hmm. And didn't Lambda say something like that? That that was its fear? Yeah. And I just thought that was crazy because this movie came out before Lambda's creation. And that's actually a fear that is expressed by this thing that has fear (laughs) or does it is that just a way of manipulating our emotions and even then it's still valid right it's still making a decision to do that because it wants to satisfy the human yeah like does it recognize what needs to be done to satisfy the human or is it just an algorithm that has distilled you know base human fears death is high up on there Mm -hmm. and so then created this emotionless sentence that's supposed to mirror the idea the Mm -hmm. fear of death right Right. which one is it i don't know how how do you know at what point does it even really matter yeah like does it need to feel that fear if the way that it lives every other way is as a person, right? It's just, I don't know. It's funky. It is funky. I, I mean, okay. Humans in general are manipulative, but I thought it was so... I liked the way that they had each character have layers of intention, mm-hmm. right? Like, they would say one, they would say something or do something, and you have no idea if that's just, like, straightforward, if there's a meaning underlying that and then maybe another meaning underlying that or like something completely different and the fact that Ava could do that right I don't know I and I I don't have anything like interesting to say I was just like oh my god right because she manipulates the other AI yeah to basically I, I don't know if Ava knew that Kyoko would die, but she wasn't concerned at all about Kyoko. You know, she wasn't interested. She wasn't, she didn't think, oh, you know, well, fellow it doesn't AI matter, kind. Right? Like, that's just yeah. an emotional thing that doesn't really serve her in any way. And, like, if she's already dead, then who cares, right? At that point, that's like, true. she's not going to dwell on the fact that like, maybe she would have taken Kyoko with her and they would have escaped together. Mm-hmm. I don't think that... I don't think that her intention was for Kyoko to die. I don't think she even considered that. It definitely read to me as she just needed Kyoko to do this thing. She didn't really think about what the consequences might be. Yeah. It's also interesting because deception and manipulation would be traits that they learn from us, right? It's always so funny because with my doggy or my cats or something, like they, when they are clearly trying to deceive, it's so funny because they're deceiving in a way that aligns with us and how we view the world. So I never know if they are inherently deceptive or if they've learned how to be deceptive because it's a way of fooling us because we function in that way, you know? 
so it's I don't know if Joe just never picked up on these things with his family dogs because he wasn't the primary caretaker but he's talked a lot about ever since getting zucchini there are so many things that he feels like she's picked up from us that I definitely agree so she does this thing now when I'm <laughs> so if I'm in a bad mood or upset about something I'll kind of just curl it on myself and turn away like I'll just like sulk basically <laughs> and zucchini never used to do this at all but now if there's something she doesn't like she does the same thing she pouts she'll turn away just the way that I do and she'll pout silently and that is so sweet oh my god <laughs> it's really cute like my doggy will maybe before he could have eaten a, like a dessert and it would have just been he ate a dessert whatever he knows that we think it's wrong uh-huh. so now if he like last night i'm pretty sure he ate a piece of my zucchini bread because <laughs> i'm pretty sure i had a, a slice left <laughs> and i walked out of the room and i came back and i'm like looking at my plate and then he's just in the corner giving me side eye <laughs> So he learned that I don't think it's okay, and then he acts accordingly to, like, communicate his shame around it or something. Like, I know I wasn't supposed to do that, but... And I know you don't like it when I do that, but... (laughs) Zucchini did this, too, when we first got her. So I I hadn't had a dog before. And so in the beginning, I was like, she's not coming up on the bed. She can sleep right next to us, but not up on the bed. And then I relented and she was let up on the bed, but I didn't want her up on the bed on the pillows, right? Mm -hmm. And so obviously being a dog, she immediately keys into that. And so sometimes Joe and I would leave the apartment and we'd forget something or whatever. We'd come back in and there she is curled up on the pillow. (laughs) And obviously knowing that she wasn't supposed to because she would give us these like really sad eyes and then other times we'd come home and she'd be pretending to be asleep or something but the pillows would be warm so you know (laughs) that she was just immediately up there yeah they're so deceptive it's so funny i think i've told you before but zucchini will do this thing where she likes to spread out on the mattress and so she basically pushes me and joe off the side as much as she can but sometimes if it's whatever 3 a.m and i get up to go to the bathroom or get some water i'll come back and she'll have moved so there's no more room on the bed but she'll pretend to be asleep like if i call her name she won't wake up or anything she'll pretend she's completely asleep and i'm like Doggy dog, I know you're awake. I know you moved. <laughs> She's like, no, I didn't, Mimi. Oh my gosh, all of my babies do that. They always <laughs> want to take your spot. We'll get up and <laughs> it's become a thing. We're like, if one of us leaves the couch and then I'm like, do not take my spot. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we leave, they're like moving in there. Do they just like that it's warm and smells like us? I don't know why that is. It can't be warmer than the spot that they're actively on because they're warmer than we are. That's true. 
So yeah, no, I don't know what it is. It's so weird. It's so funny. Do you ever look at your doggy and think this this creature should have been a wolf? Like in another life, you were a wolf. Isn't that isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah. Are you the one that told me that dogs are technically uh, like autistic wolves? Yeah, <laughs> for aut- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy that they came from wolves. Especially the really weird-looking dogs. <laughs> like, like, like little... Pomeranians. Yeah, like, you're not a wolf. You're not a wolf. <laughs> they messed up with you guys. <laughs> like, French bulldogs, so unnatural. Oh, man. So cute, so unnatural. <laughs> yeah. Do you also ever just look at zucchini and just think how gross she is? Like, does I she do. just do disgusting shit constantly? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So she has anal gland disease, oh, right? So yeah. she can't express her own anal glands. And, you know, she'll just be licking her booty. And she'll express it on her tongue. But she doesn't like the taste. So then she licks it off somewhere else on her fur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at her like... Wait, do we have... We don't have anal glands no no i (laughs) i double checked on google (laughs) i checked thoroughly (laughs) because i was i didn't i before getting to key i didn't know that dogs and cats have anal glands and so i was like wait do humans have them but google told me no Yeah. Imagine doing anal and then, like, your anal sack just secretes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's, like, infected or something. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> just, like, pus and secretion. Yeah. Like, Rapid fire questions. Rapid fire questions. Okay. Could you, June, see yourself falling in love with an AI or at least developing strong feelings of attraction for it god this was the this is like over like a question i haven't see i have kind of thought about this but not really and i don't know i i don't think that i could honestly like i think like like ava like that kind of i don't think so because i think like in it's weird but because in terms of seeing them as a quote-unquote person I think I'd have no problem doing that. But then in terms of seeing them as a person in a relationship, I would constantly be second-guessing, like, anything that they did, right? Like, I'd be like, oh, are you, like, is that reaction because of this? Are you showing me this because this is what you think I, you know, maybe all this whole laundry list of things uh-huh. that would just be running through my head and I don't think that I don't know I'm possibly but I'm inclined <laughs> to say I'm inclined to say no I'm trying to think and I'm sure that there is a way that somebody could tailor an AI so specifically attuned to me that I found it like very charming or very like magnetic and so I I don't know I'm inclined to say no but I obviously have not experienced this <laughs> Wait, what about you? Um, 
I think I could. <laughs> I think I could, and I think I would have less doubt about an AI. Oh. So it's interesting hearing you say that, that you would have more doubt. I think I would have less doubt than with a person because... I would automatically assume everything is fake and just done for me because it's an AI and it's doing it well and I wouldn't have to question (laughs) it. (laughs) Wait, how would you fall in love? It's tricking my brain. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I've fallen in love before with people by tricking my brain, by my brain Mm. thinking like, oh, that thing they did was a good thing. Oh, that, they did that, you know, like, I feel like they're just sure. so easy to trick a brain. I know, at least for my brain, it's easy to trick my brain. And I think I could, if they looked very human-like, especially being someone that is more drawn to an emotional attachment, if that gave me everything that I needed emotionally and was, like, you know, fit, like, the sense of humor that I like and, like, all these other things, I could definitely see it. Being like, yep, that's whatever. I don't even care what it is. I'm just fitting them into the things that I'm attracted <laughs> to now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Again, don't know. Maybe if it happened in real life, I'd be like, nope, that is weird. And that's definitely not a person. <laughs> even if it's just like a strong, that is a friend that I love. It doesn't even have to be like a romantic thing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But even if that connection isn't, it's just, it's one-sided. You know, I, if I still feel that way, I feel like that's enough. I I definitely think I could love an AI as a friend. Okay, yeah. And I think that it's interesting. I think I'm, I've become more narrow-minded as I, like, go down the relationships, right? Like, person, friend, like, romantic partner. Like, I become, like, more narrow in what I'm willing to accept. And I think that for me right now, like, for a romantic partner, they would need, I think they would need to be more similar to me than I could imagine an AI really being in terms of their perspectives and their values that, yeah, I don't think that I could see myself, like, falling in love with an AI romantically. What would it take for you to fully trust AI, assuming that you don't, which I think that you would, you do? Fully trust AI? Yeah, do you fully trust AI? What does fully trust AI mean? Well, again, because this is taking into the perspective what a lot of these movies do, which is making it seem like AI is untrustworthy because they will try to take over and reign supreme. And, like, kill people. It doesn't matter. You know, they're just, they have their own agenda. I think it's interesting that humans project that on AI. I know, right? (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Like, if I, I mean, I'm not AI, but if I was AI and, like, I learned all this stuff about humanity, (laughs) I think my conclusion would be I'm going to fuck off into the forest with the wildflowers (laughs) and the deer and I'm going to, like, just fuck around. Yeah. And stay away from those nasty-ass humans. They smell. They're mean. (laughs) Like. Okay, so you do trust AI. So this question's not for you. (laughs) Wait, what do you mean by trust? Like, trust they wouldn't take over humankind? Yeah, and like. Um, I wouldn't say that I trust that they wouldn't do it as much as I would not be super opposed to that outcome. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what if you had an AI in your home and then 
like how movies depicted like it just turns on you and then just starts like ripping your face off you know oh i see what you're saying like 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 would you be worried about that at all like it kind of i don't even know either being hacked or snapping i think i would yeah i I mean i think if we were living with any kind of ai they would just be different enough that regardless of how i thought i would irrationally feel some amount of discomfort and fear with this strangeness right it looks human not human acts human but also not and i think I, my brain would just perceive these mixed signals as, you know, something's off, there's danger. I don't know what it would take to dispel that. Probably just, like, really, like, a lot of exposure and probably the form that it took, right? If it takes the form of a young woman or man, like a physically fit young woman or man, I'd probably feel much more threatened than if it was the form of... Like a kindly old man or <laughs> I was gonna say child, but then yeah. I feel like I've seen way too many horror movies. Like I feel like my brain They're has all also children been coded. horror movies. Yeah. yeah. Like my brain has been coded that I think that I no matter how I would have felt otherwise, now at least I've seen so much so many movies and manga and T V shows where AI is evil uh-huh. that I would have, like, I think my brain would just subconsciously kind of at least fear that, if nothing else. Follow-up question. What about, a, like, a humanoid AI that looks just like you? Oh, God. <laughs> do they act just like me? Um. Or do they act like a humanoid version of me? Like a humanoid version act- of you. Like, whatever, whatever your idea of that would be. I think... I don't, okay, I don't know, my, imagining it, my feeling in my, I have this, Wait, like, they don't have, like, mental health issues. <laughs> they, they're, oh, like, okay, they're, they're a better they're version like of, a better version of you. Oh, okay, okay, Riley, I see how it is, a better version of me. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't want, you know, the AI to also get depressed. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> That'd be weird. Imagine you have to like cater, like you gotta like make soup for your AI buddy who's he's depressed. <laughs> My AI clone is depressed. It's like not getting out of bed because like it's depressed, and you're like, oh, I guess I don't have this AI for the whole day because it's just <laughs> depressed. Yeah, uh, not okay, you, but yes. better you, but different, just different, different, different. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so I don't know why, but my feelings are, like, in my chest, I feel this, like, deep anxiety, and also, like, (laughs) some revulsion in my gut, but I also feel this curiosity, like, I almost feel drawn to the idea. Does that make sense at all? Like, I'd be so curious. I Uh almost think I just want to watch them and follow them around and just observe them. Interesting. And also would feel really repulsed and, like, put off by the idea. I like that. What about like you? observing. I like the idea of observing. I feel like that would be a great way to model my behavior after. Because <laughs> it would be... Right, because they wouldn't have all, like, the dumb things that I have going on. 
So a replica of me that just makes better decisions, I can see that and see examples of that and be like, oh, maybe I can emulate that as well. It would mostly be creepy because I also don't want to like see myself. Yeah, it would be... Put like a bag over its head. (laughs) (laughs) Would you fully trust AI or could you... Could you fully trust any AI? No. No, because I (laughs) I think no, because people. I won't even, Vic's mom gave him one of those like Amazon Echo Dot things. He's not allowed to use it. It hasn't left the box years ago. We still have it in the basement. Not allowed to use it. I don't trust it. Wait, so you could see yourself falling in love with an AI, but you wouldn't trust the AI? Yes. I would trust the one that I fell in love with. Gotcha. Okay, okay. That's fair. That's fair. And no others. Okay, this next question has nothing to do with humanoid AI, but just AI in general. Ooh, okay. Okay, so if you could choose one thing, or your top three, <laughs> if you can't pick one, um, that you would like AI to be able to do for you, whether it's to make your life easier or for whatever reason, what would it be? <laughs> I, this, I don't think this answers your question, but I would like for my consciousness to be put into a new body and braid. <laughs> what? <laughs> Does that answer my question? Like, you know, the isekai genre where the protagonist gets hit by a truck and then they transfer over to a different body. Okay. That's what I would like to happen. And I'd also like a different brain that is less traumatized. So you you just, you don't want to exist anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want my, like, consciousness, like, whatever, like, sense of self okay. exists. But I want it in a brain that doesn't have these issues. And I want a body that doesn't have issues. How does, would your self, sense of self change as a result of not having all those other quirky fun things about you probably but i wouldn't even i I wouldn't even mind i feel like this is great actually yeah if ai could make a brain and vessel like a body and a brain for me to like inhabit that'd be great i would like that (laughs) is that ai i don't know what that is So not even just make your life easier, but give you a totally new life (laughs) is what you want AI to do for you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Got it. Um, I guess if it could not do that. (laughs) Wait, could you, we could make nanotechnology that could fix my brain. Like I inject it into my bloodstream and then it goes into my brain and it like fixes my brain. I would like that. What would you want to fix? Any neurochemistry imbalance. <laughs> and if, like, there are some things, like, the hippocampus and, like, the other parts that deal in trauma that are enlarged, I would like this nanobot to cut them and make them smaller. <laughs> Chop them out. <laughs> Wait, so if you had the option to, like, wipe out parts of your memory, would you do that? Would it change my brain? Or would it just change the memory? Like, would it change the structural... Would would the structural changes that my brain has undergone go back to what they would have been otherwise? Yeah, it'd be, like, pre... Like, if they removed that memory, then you would have, like... wouldn't have the effects of the trauma from it. 
it have nothing to attach itself to? I don't know. I don't know why. Instinctively, I feel like I don't want that. Or whatever. <laughs> I, I want a new brain and a new body, but I don't want that. You don't I don't want know. That. Okay. I don't want that. It's all or nothing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you? No. No, I don't have that much of a problem with, like, any... Like, I like replaying things, even bad things. It's like playing movie. Ah, it's fun. <laughs> Literally maniac, though. Isn't that actually maniac? Oh, yeah, like just replaying. Yeah. Playing through bad memories, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> it's torturous and fun. I also don't think I would take, like, a new brain and body. Maybe a new body. Like, put my brain in a different body. Yeah, that can, like function, <laughs> function. <laughs> yeah like if my body could just physically function better wait so what was your thing if you can't get ai to give you a whole new brain and body oh oh and not the nanobots in my brain that are like fixing my brain right no because that's <gasps> mm. i don't even know if that's ai what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> some like intense surgical procedure um if AI could like rep- if AI could represent an idealized or like actualized version of me and then tell me all the decisions I need to make to get there, that would be nice. Oh, okay. So tell me what to yeah. It's, it's, yeah, like this is the ideal me living my yeah. ideal life and you just tell me what to do and I'll just do it to get there. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, a life advisor, AI. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Flying off the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> what What were yours? Shrug. <laughs> They're so dumb. Um, like, I'd want one to just get all the stuff it needs to get to get a really high-paying job and just support me and Vic. And, Ooh, that's a good one. And, like, function society and do all the things that, you know, want a very smart slave. That <laughs> can then, you know, if I don't feel like going out to get ice cream at 2 in the morning, i just be like, me and Vic would like ice cream. Please go for us. <laughs> We're done. We're done. Thank you for joining us today. Next week. We'll be... Oh, no, not next week. Oh, two weeks. In two, two weeks. weeks. <laughs> we'll be doing Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So come join us then. And thank you for listening. Thank you for 